You're listening to the Church of Life and Praise podcast. If you'd like more information about our ministry, please visit us at churchoflifeandpraise.com or check us out on Facebook. Our prayer is that you would come to know Jesus in a deeper way. Now, enjoy the message. Thank you, Jesus. I want to tell you the one we're praising today is going to come soon. Do you believe that? I believe sooner than we think. I told the leaders on the worship team and ushers and all that were here last or yesterday, I said, you know, I'm sort of convinced, you may be seated if you want to, that I am part of the rapture generation. I believe Jesus is coming soon. I'm talking about the rapture, and I believe he's coming soon. We better be ready. With everything that's transpiring in this earth today, and it's not just because of coronavirus. Uh, It's been been increasing and increasing and increasing. It seems now, the Bible says in the last days, or in the days of Noah were, so shall it be as the the coming of the Son of Man be. And you know what? It says... Uh, that they, you know, there was a, that imagination that their hearts were evil continually. And I, and I looked that up and it says, uh, the, the very embryonic mind, in their mind, I mean, the very thoughts conceived in their mind were evil. Yes. I mean, they, on their beds at night, they were, in those days, they were thinking how to do evil. And I'm thinking, we're there. We are there. I mean, it just seems like it just seems like divides. I think it's in um, oh, in California. No, New York. I think it's New York. I think it's New York. That um, no, it's in California. They're trying to get a law passed. Now listen to this, how silly it is, trying to get a law passed to make all our department stores genderless. In other words, what they're saying, what they're saying is, what they said, that you don't, they're trying to get it so there's not a men's department and a women's department. It's all put together. And because of one eight-year-old girl said, I want to have a dinosaur Shirt. Yep. And so now everybody's got to conform. We all got to buy dinosaur shirts. <laughs> That's facetious. I said that. But, but it's true. I mean, I'm thinking, what else? What else? What else? So, that's the reason all the more we should praise and worship our God. Think about it. I thought, my God, if I had a girl and she's eight years old, she wanted to buy a dinosaur shirt, let her go buy it in the boys' section. What difference does it make? Praise God. Well, God is good. Now I just dampened your spirit good, didn't I? Praise the Lord. You say, well, Pastor, you shouldn't mention that stuff and all that. Why shouldn't we? I don't dwell on it, but I mean, you know, after a while, it gets, it, it becomes absurd. And I believe in equality of the man and woman. You've heard me preach it over and over again. I believe that the husband and wife has equality in the home. And the husband is the head of the home in the fact that he's the nourisher. He's the provider. He's the one that leads the family family spiritually. Can you say amen? Amen. That doesn't make him the boss at all. It just causes him to be the one that's caring, one that's loving, one that's kind, one that leads their family. And you know what? Nowhere in the Bible does it tell the woman to love her husband. But it does tell the man to love his wife. And God made woman to be a follower. 
And husbands, if you love your wife, your wife will follow you anywhere because of your love. So won't your children. Wow, that was quiet. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's true. Hallelujah. All right. That's not my message. I thought the video was going to preach my sermon today and just about did. And uh, I'm privileged to preach Father's Day message this morning because um, this is the first time in a long time that I have preached the Father's Day service. We always try to have one of the leading fathers of our church uh, in the uh, fathers in our leadership to preach uh, the, the uh, Father's Day message. And um, so I just sit back and usually just enjoy it and, uh, and listen to um, our different leaders uh, uh, expound and express um, their uh, vision of, of um, fathers and the Father's Day message, etc. So this Sunday... Uh, I got, thank you, worship team, uh, I got uh, selected, and so I count it a privilege to be able to stand here. So I, I hope I can do uh, as good as the, some of my leaders have done uh, in the past, and they have, men, they have ministered some very good uh, expressions and ministry of the Word of God on this subject. And so I want to uh, speak to you this morning about knowing God as your Father. And we just sang about it this morning, and, and uh, the worship team did not know I was speaking on this. We don't converse and say, well, I want you to sing these songs because I'm speaking on this. Uh, they just happened to uh, begin to uh, worship and sing, so I thought, wow, uh, this is going to lead me right into what I want to say today. And so, um, uh, knowing God as your Father, knowing God as your Father. You know, fatherhood has really taken a bum rap in these last few years. And, uh, and I, I admit that we always haven't lived up to what we're supposed to live up to and that there's some dastardly things that men have done. Uh, they'll have the name of father and haven't come up to their responsibility. But you know, all fathers are not like that. We have some godly fathers, and my, my, my daughter just mentioned it uh, this morning uh, here in CLP. Men, and, and this, that's one thing I like about CLP. The men don't sit back and let the ladies worship. The men don't sit back uh, in the seats while the women come up front and worship. When you look at the front of the church and they're worshiping, you see men, women, young people, young men, young women, worshiping and magnifying God. When you look out across our congregation, uh, uh, when they all can be here, and, uh, but you, and, I, and I looked out today, and I saw men with their hands raised, worshiping and praising God. They wasn't just sitting there. They were actively taking part in the worship. And they're very, and, and, and I, this is what I like about our church, because our men are very active in our church. Amen. We have as many men in the leadership team as we do women. Can you say amen? Now, I appreciate the women. Amen. I was going to say I love the women, but I thought that would be inappropriate. But anyway, <laughs> praise God. I appreciate the women. Far up for what they do and who they are. But I appreciate you also, men, that take your lead and take your lead in, uh, in nurturing and worshiping and praising uh, um, um, people in, this, in, in, you know, in the congregation and worshiping God and praising God. I really, uh, and I want to talk on knowing God as your Father. And uh, um, I, I'm going to, my theme scripture is 1 John 3 1 taking it from the uh, New American Standard Bible. Uh, but the, the, the Apostle John spoke more about relationship with the Father than any other biblical writer. In fact, there are 112 references to God as Father in John's Gospel. 
Wow. And the Apostle John's theme is best summarized in 1 John 3, 1. And it says, see how great. Now, that, the love of the Father, all you have to, I, I, we could just preach an hour's message on this. On God, the love of the Father. God so loved the world. He came. He came. Can, can you, I still can't get it in my fathom and in my mind. The creator of the universe condescended to my lower state. And you've heard me say this over and over again. There is no other God, small g, okay, and I emphasize a small g, that can attain to that, that God so loved the world. No other God has condescended and come down to their uh, adherence, uh, 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 caliber, or state. You'll always see them puncturing themselves or going through all kind of things and dancing. And it's like Elijah, the, the, the false, false prophets of when Elijah was talking to them. And they danced and they cut themselves and they did all kind of things trying to appease their God to answer by fire. <laughs> and Elijah, this isn't even in my message, but anyway. And Elijah just stood back and said, well, maybe he's sleeping. Why don't you holler a little louder? He might be on vacation. And they got all, all, the, more, all the more ferocious and all the more, uh, uh, you know, agitated and wild. And he sat there and let them go through their antics for a while. And then he said, boys, now it's my turn. <laughs> That's the kind of God we serve. And what did he do? He said, okay, get some water. Really, they weren't, and Mount Carmel, they weren't too far from, 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 uh, from the, Red, the uh, Mediterranean Sea, really. And so here they're bringing in barrels of water. I can't remember. I think it was 12 barrels of water. I think it was. I can't remember. But anyway, uh, here they come. And that dumping water on it dumped down over the sacrifice and it dumped it down over the, the um, altar of stone and he'd built a trench and it run through the trench and everything else. I mean, he soaked that down. And you know, some smart philosopher or a theologian made the statement that what he poured on there was kerosene. I thought, my God, that wasn't even invented. That was a theologian, not, not, a, not a, a non-believer. <laughs> no wonder God sometimes sits in his throne and laughs. And probably shakes his head. Said, I can't believe this. I can't look what they're doing. Look what they're doing. He, and um, he said to one of the angels, You thought I was going to say he leaned over and spoke to. Ah, no, 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 no. I said, he said to one of his angels, <laughs> did you hear what that theologian just said? All right. This is not my message. Praise God. This is another, another one of my bunny trails, but I, I kind of like my bunny trails every once in a while. Amen. Do you like them? All right, good. So he just stood back just called on God, and all of a sudden, whoosh, fire came down from heaven, lit that wood on the, on, the, on the sacrifice, burned up the sacrifice, burned up the stones, and licked up the water. And all he did was stand there. That's the kind of God we're serving. And so I'm talking to you about knowing God as your father. See how great a love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. I'm a child of God. Even at my age, I'm a child of God. And he attends to me and he loves me and he cares for me and he's mindful of me and he listens to me. He's never off doing something else when I call on him. The Bible is virtual, a virtual goldmine of the revelation about the Father's great love. 
It tells us number one, and I've got six points, and I'm going to try to get through them real good, real fast. It tells us, number one, the Father knows our needs even before we ask for them, and he longs, and he longs to provide for us. Matthew 6, 8 says, Your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Now, tuck this in your memory file. When you're struggling with something, just keep persistent in asking, for he hears you. In fact, he hears you the first time you call. That's what he said to Daniel when Daniel was fasting and praying. Uh, Daniel read somewhere in Jeremiah, uh, in, in the book of Jeremiah, that uh, uh, I think it was Judah that was going to be held captive for 70 years, and he noticed that it was 70 years up, and so Daniel went to fasting and prayer and began to seek God. And he prayed, and he prayed, and I think he prayed 21 days, and it seemed to be any answer. And then finally, I think it was Gabriel, came to him, said, Daniel, God heard you the first time you prayed. And he said, he sent me, and I was on my way. He said, but I had to contend with this angel of Persia over here. He came out against me, and I had to fight him off, and I had to fight with him. He said, I was on my way to give you the message. And sometimes, and a lot of times, the devil just intervenes. When you're calling on God, he just kind of steps in, and he, begin, he tries to say, well, God's bigger than the devil, yeah? But also, uh, when you've got an interference, you've got to take care of it. So let me tell you something. He may not come right when you call, but he will come. He always comes, and he always comes on time. Amen. Number two. Now that's provision. Number two. The father is eager to forgive. Whoa. There was two sisters in the church when I was just a kid. And they got into a squabble. In the church. Wow. And so one of the sisters really got under conviction. And she went to the other one who was older, older in the Lord. And she went up to her and she said that she was, she was sorry and she, she was really sad and everything else and wanted, <laughs> wanted to know. She, this other person was a, really, was a young babe in Christ and said, I'm sorry shouldn't have answered that way. You are an older saint in the church. And she went on and on and on. And the other woman just stood there, looked at her. And as she got all through, she asked forgiveness. And the woman said, well, you did it, didn't you? And she said, yes, I did. But I'm sorry. She said, I'm asking you to forgive me. She said, well, she said, well you did it, didn't you? And the younger one said, she was a new Christian now. And she said, yes, and I've come to you. I am really sorry. I shouldn't have said what I said, etc." And so the lady stood there and said, the older lady said, well, you did it, didn't you? <laughs> the young Christian said, yes, and I'm mm, glad I did and walked off. <laughs> she wasn't very willing, and she provoked that poor woman, that poor young convert, and she still went on with the Lord, but I don't know how she did, but anyway... But he's eager to forgive. Wayward children, even if they will simply come back to fellowship with him. He does not stand there and list your wrongs. Oh, thank God he doesn't. And then after you've done it and you've been forgiven, he doesn't bring it up. You know, I, I was ministering in a certain area and, and there was a, a person that was talking to me and, and said, you know, it's hard to really uh, come to the Lord here in this area because they, she said, uh, they never forget what you've done as a kid. And she says, when I was a kid, a teenager, she says, I was wild. But she says, I came to the Lord and I gave my heart to God and she said, this community will not let me forget it. And I looked at her and I says, well, don't worry about the community. I said, there's one that forgives and forgets. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And I said, you go on with your way rejoicing because you are forgiven and your sins are forgotten. So uh, the father is eager to forgive wayward children even if they will simply come back to the fellowship with him. He'll just come and say, God, I've sinned. I'm rem that reminds me of the prodigal son in, uh, in Luke 15. The prodigal son, uh, had two, the man had two sons. And uh, uh, one, the younger son said, I'm tired of this. I'm going to, uh, what is it? Tim, Tim always tells me, going to split this popcorn shop or something like this. Popcorn. What, popcorn stand? Okay. And uh, so, uh, po a, a popsicle thing. Popsicle, okay. All right. Well, anyway, popcorn, popsicle, it's almost the same if it's a treat. Can you say amen? You eat your popcorn, then you drink, then you, then you eat your popsicle. Well, anyway, beside the point. And then he said, I'm splitting this place. I want my inheritance. So the father gave him his inheritance. And he went off all happy and his, his pockets just full and jingling uh, with change and money and everything else that he had or whatever they had in that day. And he just went and got some friends. You know, you know the funny thing, anybody, when you're in the world, as long as you've got money and you can provide, you, you'll have friends. Well, honey, let me tell you something. When the chips are down, yeah, right, and your money's gone, whoo, where are they? And this is what happened. He squandered everything he had. And can you just see him going into the, the different places and restaurants? And they set him up, boys. You know, come on, come in. I've got plenty of money. Dad just left me his inheritance. And he was uh, paying for this and paying for this drink and paying for this food. And just, I mean, they were just having a while. You know, wine, women, and song. And then his money ran out. And so did his friends. And at the same time, there was famine that came on the land. And he didn't have anything to eat, no money to buy it with. So he hid himself out. Now, he's a Jew, and he hid himself out to tend pigs. That is anthenema, where the Jewish raised swine. You don't eat swine. You don't eat pork. You don't touch pork. You don't touch them. And here he was, he's having to feed swine whom he loathed. And he looked at the husk and he looked at the provision. Now, how many have ever, felt, ever fed pigs? All right. Well, you know what the, when they say, uh, what they call it, pig slop. Amen. They call it pig slop. And that's just what it is. It's all the leftovers put into one uh, uh, gooey mess and it goes out into the, the food trough, and those pigs come in. And here he is standing there, and it said he would have fain eaten that. He became so hungry. And finally he came back to himself. He says, my servants are getting better than my father. My, in my father's house than I am. He came to himself and he said, I'm going back home. There's no place like home. Let me tell you something. And when it comes to the spiritual there's no place like home. My aunt had been away from the Lord many, many years. I remember growing up. At one time, she was very active in the church, um, used in prophecy and everything else, and her youngest son died, and uh, she got a little angry with God, and she just walked away from him, and she went away from him for while well, I was in my early 20s when she came back to the Lord. And she expressed over and over again how good it was to be back in the house of the Lord. I can remember my mother praying for her, talking to her. In fact, my mother and, and my Aunt Leck and another aunt, Aunt Kate, they used to go into evangelistic work together. And it just pained my mother awful to see her not serving the Lord. But then uh, she came back. So, so what am I talking about? Eager to forgive. And what happened to this, 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 this uh, father of the uh, prodigal son? It appears by the way it's written that that father watched for him every single day of his life. 
Because when that boy was coming home, now can you imagine, not showered, unshaven, dirty, probably his clothes weren't that neat. And here he comes, probably barefoot, and here he comes up the lane or up the street or up the road. And his father was standing there. And he looked and he saw him. And he said, that looks my, like my son. Abram. I'll call him Abram. I, I know it's my son because the way he walks, he, he's got that, that peculiar gait that he has. That is my son. And he didn't wait for him to come up close to him. The father ran to him. First of all, he had compassion. Then they said the father ran to him. And what did it say? It says, and he said to this, um, uh, uh, but the father said to his, wait a minute, and he rose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Stinking, dirty, sweaty. That's just like Jesus. Do you realize the father is eager to forgive wayward children? Do you realize what God went through to win us and win the world back to him? The world did not keep the memory of God in their hearts. His own chosen people. I was just reading in, I think it's 2 Kings. You want to read it? I think it's 22, 23, and 24. The stuff that Israel did, I can believe it. And they brought it right into the temple. They had idols, Asherah poles, all this. And when Israel would repent, God would take them back. One king after another, he did evil, which was he did that which was evil in the sight of God. He did that which was evil in the sight of God. He did, and then there'd be a good king, and God would pour out his blessing on Israel again. And then the sun would raise up. He did evil, which was on going right back to the same thing. I think it was Josiah. I mean, he, I mean, you've got to read it. He cleaned everything out. He took all the gods and everything else and burned them. He took the priests out, got rid of them and took their bones and threw them on a graveyard. Made it an abomination. And God said to him, I'm still going to pour out my judgment on Israel, but I'm going to let you go and die in peace. I'm going to give you peace all the while you reign because your heart was toward me. I'm going to tell you something. This is the love of the Father. He's like that. He really is. All right? So he rose, came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck. And you know what, dads? A godly father blesses the home. We bless our home by the uh, displaying the attributes of God in the family. He's not asking for for perfection. And you know what? Our children don't ask for perfection either. All they want us is to be real. Real dads. I was at a camp meeting and, uh, um, and happened to, at that time to be the chairman of the district and, of course, I was over all of, all, all of the, the camp. And uh, um, I was there and the evangelist um, came and was speaking and brought his family and uh, he had a little boy that was about 12 years old and was, I don't know why, but his little boy kind of followed me all around and I was always talking to him and everything else. And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I like kids. And uh, so, and I would laugh and joke with him much like I do with my young people here. And he would come and he would always be around me. 
And, uh, and his father was off doing other things. Never paid attention to the boy, hardly at all. And so one day, the, I saw the boy fall down. He didn't, he didn't really hurt himself that bad. And he got to, he got, started crying. He come running over to me. And his father was standing. Didn't run to his father. His father was standing right there. He come running over to me. And he said, Pastor, Pastor Hurt. Oh, no, Brother Hurt. He says, Brother Hurt. He said, and he was telling about rubbing in and everything. And I looked at the sky and I could hardly see it. <laughs> he wanted my attention. I laid my hands on him and I prayed for him. And his father was standing there looking at me, looking at us, looking at the whole scene. The kid left me, went over to his father, and his father upbraided him for bothering me. And I went over to his father, and I said, it was no bother, and walked away. He kind of disgusted me. Gave me a story right there. But my, our father is not like that. Amen? He loves us, and he will forgive us. Compassion. We need that as well as fathers. Number three, the father seeks out people to be his worshipers. In other words, he desires intimate fellowship with us, one-on-one. -on -one. And we need to establish a close relationship with our children. Take time to be. If you've got one or two kids, three or four, take time to be with your child. I said child, not children. You can be with them collectively, but you also need to take one child at a time. Each child has a different personality. And each child needs your special attention, Dad. You want to keep your child in church? Pay attention to them. Can say amen. It says, but the hour is coming. I'm talking about worship now. John 4, 23, but the hour is coming and now is when true, I only got three more, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Will worship the Father in spirit. That means proper attitude. And you're going, to, they, you're going to desire to worship. It don't have to be forced out of you. Dads, they need to see you worship. And truth, honesty. You know, a lot of, I've heard a lot of teaching on this that says, you got to preach, you got to you know, you got to worship and you got to walk in truth. And then preach on. No, this is not what it means. Talks about honest in your worship. Truth. Truth about honoring him. Can you say amen? Now, I want to read a following statement by Mark. I, I hope I can get his name right. Into Zeminger. It's probably, I probably murdered that. <laughs> Director of the Assemblies of God Children's Ministries in, in 2011. He, this is what he said. He said, children need to know what, looks like, what it looks like to be a godly man. They need to find that in the home and they need to find it in the church. In church, it is so important. Listen to this. In church, it is, listen to me, men. It is so important. This is what he said. We have men who are living the word of God in front of the children. Take, for instance, the simple thing of worship. If men have the perception, I don't want to worship because it's really doing nothing for me. It's out of my zone. I hope we don't have any men like that here. Guess what? By not worshiping, you're teaching the child two rows behind you that worship is not important. And if ever it was a time that we need men to stand up and be godly men and be worshipful men, and be involved, it is in this day and age. Men, the world needs you. Men need to understand that when they are in church or passing a child in the hall, the way they carry themselves and the things that they talk about 
When children see that, they're learning. You could be distancing six feet. Your voice carries. Now, that doesn't mean you can't laugh and talk and talk about various things and everything else. You've got to always talk about Jesus. But, you know, be careful what you say. If they hear you criticizing, you're a man of the church. Let's be careful. You may not hold a leadership position in the church, but you are a leader. Young boys especially look up to men. And the women too. But I'm talking to men today. Men, everything we do in church and at home is shaping the children we're interacting with. Can I repeat that? I'm going to anyway. (laughs) Men, everything we do in church and at home is shaping the children we're interacting with. Dad, your child, children, are not impressed with your accomplishments, the titles you may accumulate or have accumulated, material things you give them, They need to witness a godly man in action. Consistency. They crave your time and attention. The provision for basic needs, like security in the home, being there, Oh my God, we have today so many absentee fathers. They're really not fathers. They just happen to begat a child. Absentee fatherhood. No such thing. You're just absent, but not a father. You may have sired that kid, but if you're not in the home and you're not taking your rightful place in the home, I know this sounds kind of hard, but it's true. Men, we need to stand up. And I appreciate men in this church, the men in this church that are standing up and that are following God and that are serving God. You don't know how much influence you are projecting into your area of communication, in your workplace, wherever you are. Your child, this is what they crave, a love that patiently patiently interacts with them. Offering genuine forgiveness when needed. If you notice in that video when the kid strayed away and he got out and he fell down and he, and he I guess he sprained his ankle or anything else, the father didn't get out there and rave at him. when He, he went out there and he helped him. Don't be like the woman in the church that the woman came to and said, you did it, didn't you? Men. And listen to this. Have prayer time with them, even in their teens. A kid never gets too old to have a father. I told Vicky today, as we were standing there, and I don't know what we was doing, and I can't remember the exact words uh, to her, but I said to her I, something like, I wish I could say this and such and such to my father. And I'm 78 years old, and I still wish I could go to my father. I always go to my father's grave once a year on Memorial Day. And, 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 um, and you know, I don't say a whole lot, and we're working around the thing, but I'm always there, and, and then once I'll look at that grave. And things will flash through my mind. And I was thinking the other day, I was thinking, oh Lord, I just wish I could say I love my father one more time. But anyway. So you, dad, have prayer time. Don't leave this up to your wife. You pray with the kids. All right? And while you're fishing, or you're hunting, or you're hiking, talk to them, share, or etc. whatever you do with them. Uh, talk with them, share with them about spiritual things. Intertwine it in. Don't preach. 
Discuss things with him. Answer their questions. Kids have a lot of questions, especially when they get alone with you. Remember this. A child will never outgrow your need for love and care, no matter what age they may be. Your son may be up and grown up out and have kids of his own. But let me tell you something. He still loves your hugs at 40 and even uh, at 30 and 40 years old. He loves to have you come and put a pat on his shoulder. Say, you're doing a good job, buddy. I said to one of my grandchildren the other day, I'm proud of you. I got no answer, but I know it went deep. Papa's proud of me. Don't always have to be giving out great truths, great revelations from the Lord. You know, I read something that said, a pat, just going up and, and patting someone on the shoulder, acknowledges them. Not saying a word. You go along. You hit them on the shoulder and you keep going. You don't, you don't, you don't say anything to them. Amen? You want me to do it a little harder? And you, and you, and you just go along. And you, and you, I did it soft on you, though, didn't I? Yeah. Well, you're always telling me you're a man, so come up and take it. Um, and, uh, but, you know, and, and walk along. And you know what that you know what that does? That what I read was it affirms that person. And it makes him feel important. He thought of me. He didn't just walk by me. Is this all right? Let your arms never tire holding your children. Our heavenly Father doesn't. The Father, number four, the Father will draw close to anyone who believes in Jesus. He abides with us in covenant relationship. He's made a covenant with you, beds. God will never leave you nor forsake you. In leading your home, in leading your family, he's there. The Bible says, uh, draw near to me, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Number five, he is called the Father of all mercies and the God of all comfort. 2 Corinthians 1.3. This means he is quick to console us in difficult times. How different it would have been if that father, after I prayed for him, put his arm around his son and said, do you feel better? You know, Jesus loves you. Isn't it wonderful that God, we can go to God in prayer? Instead of, don't bother that man. He's got things to do. What is that saying to the father? You're, the son, you're not important. You're a bother. You're a bother to the chairman. In other words, he's got more things to do to pray than pray for you. That did perturb me a little. I didn't say anything to him, but I went over to him. Like I said, and I said, didn't bother me. Amen? But, uh, okay, he's called the Father of all mercies and the God of all comfort. This means he's quick to console us in difficult times, restore us if we fail. And B, listen to this, although he is strong, he is also tender. And sympathetic. Don't be afraid, men, of being soft. You don't always have to be macho. Now, you men, you're going to do manly things and do all kinds of things, but, but you don't have to be tough and rough all the time. Now, it's good to get tough and rough sometimes and fooling with your kids. I see Tim get on to those three boys, and man, I'm telling you, uh, you know, I sit there and watch, and I'm thinking, I'm glad it's not me. Those all, th all three boys, including the 18-year-old, piling on to that dad, and he's on the bottom <laughs> most of the time. 
And they don't let up. And then finally they'll say, okay, okay, okay. Okay, I've had enough. I've had enough. Amen. But kids, like they like that. Tender and sympathetic. Listen to what they have to say. It may sound nonsense to you, but it's not to them. Listen to their ideas. Listen to their opinions. And it may be totally contrary to what you believe, but listen anyway. And then if it is kind of erroneous, gently guide them into the right path. Is this okay? This is Father's Day. You asked me to speak, so... Although he is strong, he is also tender and sympathetic. Number six. Aren't you glad it's number six? <laughs> Woo! Now, now, if I asked you to shout, you would really shout. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. God places a cry inside of us that says, Abba, Father. We all want approbation from our dad. Especially boys. This means that God himself places a need for his love in our souls. He wants us to relate to him as a child to a father. So all of these are attributes of God, are things that God wants from you and God loves from you. And for you to understand as men that you're not in this alone, that you're not in this by yourself, but you have a God that cares for you, that that loves you and is mindful of you, and and he's taking care of you. And he wants to be involved in your life. So that's why it's important to us. Men, establish a prayer life. My God, it's a big responsibility to raise a family in this day and age. Do you understand, oh my God, what the kids are facing today? I thought it was tough in bringing our kids up. There's so much that is coming down. I mean, I... Glad that I don't have any children in school today. I'm glad that my kids are grown up. And I look at my, 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 my grandchildren, and I'm happy and glad that they're serving the Lord. But then I look at and hear uh, the conversation in families, because you know, and talk about some of the stuff that the kids and my grandchildren are facing today, and it breaks my heart. I think, my God, those kids need us. And they need to see godliness. They need to see, they need to understand that not only that, but the father loves them, but they also need to realize that dad uh, is, is depending upon God and they see a, a, a dad that's praying and that is talking to them and that is they're listening to them. They need you. They need you. They need you. And if you're a grandfather in here today, get with your grandchildren. Now respect the limits uh, and, and, and the boundaries of your, of, your, of your children with the kids, but uh, you can interject things every so often. I do. You know I would. <laughs> Amen. But I also respect my place. I'm just a granddad. Amen. Galatians 4, 6, and 7 says, And because we are children, I'm almost done now, God has sent the Spirit of His Son in our hearts, prompting us to call out Father or Abba. Abba is Aramaic for Father. Now you no longer, you're no longer a slave, but God's own child. God has made you His heir. Recipient of all he has. Romans 8.15 says, So you receive not the spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. 
For his spirit joins with our spirit, that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit, to affirm that we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Our children needs our affirmation that they belong. That they are wanted. There are so many kids today that are not wanted. Some kids, all they are is, is, is a, a, a means for getting money and welfare. And kids know that. That's why kids go bad. Because they're not loved and they don't feel loved. They're in the home, but no love there. I don't like it when I hear parents say, Oh, thank God, I've got a week without my kids. I never said that. Never. And sometimes my kids, especially my son, got under my skin. <laughs> Woo-wee. But I love that kid and still do. And of course, and of course I, you know, I love Deanna. You know. <laughs> Amen. I'm a good one. <laughs> She's tried to brainwash me on that. Amen. <laughs> But I never said that. I don't want my kids out of the home. I'm so glad Dan and them stayed home. It killed me when my son moved to Florida. And I keep telling him, Andrew, he gets going on. You can always come home. I don't want my grandkids to go. I'm thinking, dear Lord, my oldest grandson of the Leathers family is going all the way to California, 18 years old. I'm thinking, oh, God. And I keep telling him, I'm, he must get tired of it. I say, Andrew, what? I mean, uh, um, I'm always calling him Andrew. But uh, Alec, I'm saying, Andrew, uh, Alec. <laughs> what? Uh, and then I go down in Florida and I call Andrew Alec. <laughs> So I'm always saying this. <coughs> oh, now I can't think. Alec. <laughs> Alec, what am I going to do without you? And I'm thinking he's probably saying inside, oh, Papa, you live. <laughs> Pardon? I said he probably says come visit. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then I say, well, it's only going to be for nine months. I guess I can, I can do it for nine months. And so, but I, you know, I, Gabe, I pick on him. He comes in now. This is this is this is Gabe at school. He comes out again. You know, comes in quiet. The door opens, never knocks. Just walks in. We're in the living. We're in the living room, and I'm there. He walks in. Never hear a word. All of a sudden, I hear the refrigerator door open. <laughs> And then down, there's, a, there's a, a, a meat drawer that we have, and, we, and he loves bologna and cheese and everything else. And all of a sudden, we hear that drawer slide out. Not a word said. Pretty soon, he, he comes in, and he's got, he's got bread, bologna, cheese. No mayonnaise, no mustard. And I say, Gabe, don't you want any mayonnaise? No, I don't like mayonnaise. Do you want? No, I don't like mustard. And so he just learned to start eating mayonnaise, I think, with it. And so he comes in and he holds it up and says, You want a bite? <laughs> and that's usually the ritual that he comes. And I love it! I would get a whole, well, the thing of bologna, if I could, a whole roll of a whole. But, but, what is it? A whole roll of, of bologna. What do you call it? A roll of bologna? What? Oh, I know it. But I said, <laughs> don't make me any older than I am, please. And so I, 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 I and, and so, I, you know, just so he could have it, just for, you know, just he, just, and I always want to make sure that there's bologna. I say, Barb, we're making out a grocery list. Make sure you got some bologna. And so he's, 
got me eating bologna without mayonnaise and mustard. And you know what? It's good. You should try it sometimes, Nate. Amen. Dad, it is your responsibility to share with your children to love God, that, uh, children, the love of God that he has bestowed upon you. The Bible tells us to faithfully nourish your family. Ephesians 5, 28 and 29 says, So husbands, dads ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes, that means enables, encourages, strengthens, and supports. You do that to yourself. It, 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 just as the Lord does the church. And I want to say this, and then, wait, and then, then I'm going to have a prayer, and then I'm going to have you do the Father's Day benediction for me. Um, from, our, from our daily bread, uh, the te- uh, subject, Teaching by Example, an article, Teaching by Example, says 80% of everything children learn in their first 12 years is through their eyes. They watch you. Think of the power example of a dad whose, be- whose behavior and consistency inspire admiration from his children. A great powerful good is at work when our actions reflect the character of God rather than distort it. And this is our prayer, and I want you to repeat it with me. And that's not the benediction, but I want you to repeat this, and I'm going to say it slow. Men, would you bow your head and pray this with me? And repeat it after me. Heavenly Father, I know you love me. In order to love others, I want to love you. I want to experience and share your patience and kindness with those I care about. Fill me and use me through your love to lead my family as they need me so that I may be an example of how they should follow Christ. Amen. Now I'm going to ask all the dads to come around the altar and we're going to close with this benediction. Those of you that are uh, to my right, you don't have to come. You can just stand if you would, if you want to. If you want to come down, you can. But um, if you want to stand, you just stand. But the rest of you can come down. And you, I mean, I, I think you can... No, I guess not. Stay, you, you people over here stay. You all the... Everybody stay over here. Okay. All right. Praise God. Now I want to place this benediction on you. And I want you to go with this benediction. I hope in some way that you have been blessed by what's been said and encouraged and strengthened and uplifted. And again, I'm saying here, if you're a grandfather, then also interject this into your grandkids. Let them, let them feel. Maybe some of your kids aren't serving the Lord. Now's a good time to begin to uh, reach out to them and let them know of that, that Christian walk that they can have in you and see the change in you. And so this is my benediction, and I've got it up there. Uh, if, did you get it up there? Did, didn't get it up there. Okay. But I want to give this benediction over you today. You know, you, you men are special in the eyes of God. You're needed, and the church needs every man that we have in the church. Amen. We need the men. And uh, uh, I know women are... Active and everything else, but also, I mean, I look at the, I look at our men here, and every one of them, just about, every one of them, just about, are active in the church. They're active. I forgot you standing behind me. <laughs> every one of you are active in the church, and are needed in the church. Amen. You know, Bubba, you don't say much. But you're always there. Maybe you're doing the home. I don't know. But anyway. But you're always there to work be. 
always eager to do it. And you know what? God sees that. And some of you other men, tremendous. Don't say too much, but you always are there. We can depend on you. And some of you out there in, uh, uh, I'll be, my, be the old, old guy that, that uh, Charlie says I am, uh, out there in radio land. <laughs> Amen? TV land. Um, you are faithful too. I see some of you that when there's a work being, and you're not in the leadership capacity, but if there's a work being, or there's something to be done, you're there. Your name is always down for volunteering. And you know what? That says something to your children. Amen. That's important to be a to be worker in the church. Amen. So, as you go today, and now I want to give this benediction, and now as you go into your world, may you love your children the way God loves his children. May you find your identity in being the son of the only perfect father. May you make it possible for your daughters to find a husband as good as their dad. May you show your sons that being a real man involves, involves humility, love, and sacrifice. May you teach your children that their mother is the most beautiful woman alive. Let me tell you something, men. If you want your child, especially a man, to be grown up, or a young lady, to have a good husband, have a good husband and a, a good wife, to be, be a good, be, then let them see how you treat your wife, their mother. And when those kids go up, they will hunt for a spouse like that which is in the home. That's why it's important for a family to be made up from a man and a woman. And I'm going to say, none of this transgender stuff, and none of this gay stuff, and, I, I, and I'm not, I'm not anti-any any person, okay? But we've got, I mean, sometimes you have to make a declaration. And this is what they need. They need a strong father and a strong mother working together. So, um, may, uh, may you teach your children that their mother is the most beautiful woman alive. May you risk more, worry less, and maintain a life of prayer. May you lead your family not as king, but as a servant who protects their hearts. May you laugh at little things. And finally, may you lay down your life for your family. And may you introduce them to a loving God that has already done that exact same thing. I want you to go today in the name of Jesus. I want you to go in the name of Jesus and follow after God. Be an example of the believer, lifting up his name wherever you go. This world, the world needs men like you guys. This world needs men like you guys. They need to see what it's like to be a Christian on the job. And there are some people where you work that may not have a, or had a father. You could adopt that person and be the father that they need. Just by your living your life, just by the way they walk, they will identify with you. They will identify with you. And you have a chance to witness. So I pray that the strength of God will rest upon you, that the presence of God will be with you, and that the wisdom will enshroud you and cause you to shine in this darkened world. Go out with the anointing of the Holy Spirit today and with a determination to serve God with everything you have. Don't be afraid of making mistakes. You will. But to always have someone you can go to, and that's the advocate, our Lord Jesus Christ. And he is eager to forgive you. He wants to be intimate with you. He wants to be close to you. And he wants you to be close to him.
in Jesus' name. I want the ladies of the church to stand up, or everybody else. I guess there's some men that aren't fathers here today. And I want you to um, point your, uh, just direct your hands towards them and everybody right now and just begin to pray for them in Jesus' name. Some of you point your hands over this way because there's some dads over here too. Amen. And let's just pray for them right now that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will rest upon them. We pray for our men today. God, oh, how they need your strength. How they need for, to be uplifted. How they need to know that there is a source higher than themselves. The one that they can take their responsibilities to. The one that they can take their questions to do. Lord, the one when they get discouraged that they can run to. Lord Jesus, and who is a, a help a very present help in the time of need. I pray, God, that your blessing will rest upon them, that you'll keep them, keep their families. And, Lord, may the anointing of God be round about them, dear Jesus. God, we pray now, Lord, if we've given this benediction, we ask you, Lord Jesus, that you would watch over each one of our dads. Lord, that you'd get, encourage them when they're discouraged. May they be quick to go to you. Lord Jesus, and quick to, to reach out to you, Lord, and, and acknowledge sometimes their weakness, that they need a higher power, and that higher power is you, Lord Jesus. So I pray for the blessing to rest upon them, rest upon their lives, rest upon their families, supplied with them financially, spiritually, physically, Lord. Let them, let them walk in health, and let them walk in healing. I pray in Jesus' name. And Lord, bring their families close, closer than they've ever been before. I pray in Jesus' name. And we'll give you the blessing and we'll give you the glory and we'll give you the praise. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Go in the name of the Lord Jesus.